Welcome, Golden Globe Trotters. And if you know this music, you know you are in for the next. You're in for the three hours of greatness. It's got to be bare minimum. There's no way you can talk about this movie, Samurai Cop, without it's it's the perfect movie. It's a perfect it, movie. It is, and that's why it's perfect for our 100th episode. Murray, this is a hundred. I can't believe it, Griff. I thought for sure we'd get bored with this by episode <laughs> 17, 18. We'd I know, be like, right? Fuck this shit. Oh, uh, right. We're after, still here. Right after we did like the second Chuck Norris movie, I thought we were just going to be gone. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. I think I think that's when we had Pigeon on, so that kind of helped us get over it because that 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 helped a lot. Yeah, and uh, and if we and for all you people that are like, why why are they not doing Golden Globus movies? Because we'd be done by now if we were just doing Golden Globus. Yeah. Action okay. movies. If you're joining it for the first, it's the spirit of Golden Globus. They started this spirit of action movies where, oh my God, there's so many tropes, and these movies all hit those tropes. This movie isn't Golden Globus movie, but it should be. Like I don't know how it it's could be. not. I mean, we we can. Do you want to talk about? No, let's let's save that for a minute. But there's. There's, it's clear that the director is at least associated with them. He's got to be. He's got to have he's, them in his role. He's a spiritual like brother to them. At least. At least. But Mar Murray, we want to we want to go full Marvel on everybody here. Yeah, we we love to complain about all these fucking Marvel movies that are five hours long because we got to have that origin like it's yeah. two hours long and we hate it. But we feel like this is this is our hundredth episode and this 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 podcast literally would not exist without this movie. So we felt like we had to like give yeah. our origin story. This literally is the, the, the real bond that solidified everything that right. we had been building towards our friendship. Right. This was the friendship ring between me and Murray. Yeah, I think we explained that we had a mutual friend, Mike, who's been on a bunch of episodes, Yeah, who worked at a comic book store that I uh, frequented, and me and Mike hit it off, and you had been friends with him beforehand. Yeah, yeah. old Redford buddies. And you came in one day, and uh, I was like, "Who the fuck is this creep?" Yeah, you would you would say that about me. And you were probably like, "Who's this lunkhead?" And we were probably right, but we uh, <laughs> started talking. I think was it was it video games? That- I think it was video games, NES games specifically. Yeah, because I'm old and I haven't. I, I think the last video game system I bought was the original Nintendo. Oh, so, Jesus, yeah. So okay. I've never played PlayStation or Sega or any of those. I played like some computer games, but yeah, that's about it. So yeah, so he was like, because you're you're one of those kids that like if you didn't beat it, you're like fuck, I'm just never gonna beat it. I think you did what uh, you would expect a boomer to do to a you know uh, a younger person. Because I was complaining about, like, Ninja Gaiden or something. You're just like, oh, I beat that. (laughs) Flipping your comic book just, like, nonchalantly. Total fucking pretentious. And uh, and I I was just like, what? Tell me more. Like a fucking innocent child. I I wanted to know more about this guy who probably was throwing all kinds of shade my way. And I was just rattling off. Beat it. Beat it, beat it. Uh, yeah, and, and that's then, what it was. I was listing off other Nintendo yeah. games. Mike Tyson, I knocked him out. And I was like, what about Mr. Dream? And you're like, Mr. what? Mr. <laughs> Lucid Dream? That's not an insult, but right. whatever. 
Yeah, then you uh, brought up Battletoads. I said, I've never played that game. Oh, yes. And then I had the cards. Oh, yeah. So I brought it in. And see, Murray, you actually would uh, – Was it? did it start with Battletoads or did you beat a couple games before then? Yeah, I beat, I, I beat Mike Tyson. Okay. Uh, and so what you would do is – uh, these games would come up, and you would be like, "I'll beat it." So you would go home, you would play it, and you would—you had like an old phone, cell phone that you would take uh, little pictures of. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. old flip phone. Yeah, it was a flip phone. Okay, was. I was yeah. joking earlier. I was like, I don't know if it, it actually was. It was a flip phone. Yeah. Yes, it was. But he would take little pictures of his TV screen with him like beating Mike Tyson <laughs> and shit, and he'd bring it in and be like, "Yep, there you go." <laughs> Well, I would text it to you. I'd let you know right away. Oh, okay, okay. I couldn't remember. Uh, yeah, so I was like, I'm up for the challenge of Battletoads. Yeah, I and had the card. I, I, I took, because I'm one of those guys, like, these games, people don't remember, these games were like $30, so you got to get your fucking money's worth Yeah. Them. So I would play them until I beat them. Yeah, and uh, that was part of the joke was that I left all of them unfinished. I, you know, I had like a dozen games growing up, and I would just constantly go back to Tecmo Super Bowl because it's the easiest game to beat. I mean, there's really no winning. I guess you can win the Super Bowl, but you just fucking trounce everybody. But Ninja Gaiden I had, never beat it. Mega Man 1 I had, never beat it. I might have had Mega Man 2, never beat it. So many games, never beat. And so, so I took up the challenge of Battle took Toads. It challenge. took me. I'm not gonna lie and say, oh, it, I got it done in a week. It took a couple months for me. I played it like once a day. That's all I could take because, yeah, I've, 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 as I've talked with Griff about this, I can't. He loves video game music, and I hate it. So I, I play with the sound off because I yeah. can't stand video game music. So yeah, it, it took probably a couple years off my life. It probably, probably did. gonna die yeah. earlier, but I, I eventually beat it and I brought it in, and that just it didn't solidify that yet. But we had mutual respect for each other. Game, yeah. new game. Yeah. And then it just randomly as we were talking, we found out we have the exact same birthday. Yeah. Well, not the exact same. I'm older than him. But yeah, the, yeah. the date. Yeah. Which just was last week. We I just was celebrated. I was trying that. to think about that. And, uh, yeah, technically it's today, the, the day we're yeah. recording. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I was, you're, you're ruining the mist. Yeah, the, I don't the, give a fuck. Um, of the mind. <laughs> But anyways, yeah, so I, I don't even remember. I was trying to think back on how that came up, and I can't. It just came out of no. I don't know why it came up, and I was like, you, like, you mentioned your and I was like, that's my birthday. What the fuck? It's still, I, it's still my birthday because I'm older than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, but let's see, this, we're, we're creating a story, people. This, so Mar- we're, we're doing our Marvel origin. Yeah, so we, I think, and then we, I don't know how we came up about action movies, but we bonded over that. I don't know either. John Claude came up. Maybe, maybe, maybe what I'll have to do. I don't know if we've ever posted a picture of us online. I know I haven't. I don't know if no. you have, but maybe I should. No, find, I, I think I still have that photo of me as John Claude from Kickboxer, and you as uh, Matt, Matt Hunter. Hunter from. Maybe which I got fucking robbed by a fucking. Store. Oh my god! So a comic store. Do we go into the story? Because why not? <laughs> So I dress as John Claude from Kickboxer because of course you were, I did. It was a little half-assed, Griff, because you had a beard and you didn't shave it. It's true. I was really into my beard at the time, so I didn't want to shave. And I it. grew a beard for this for role. Matt I grew Hunter. a mullet. Though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have like no hair. Just like, like Matt super, Hunter had. Of. I have super short hair, so I got a mullet wig. Yeah. And uh, but I was like working out, you know. Yeah. Oh my god, like the 10, jean... doing ten push-ups a day to get those pecs. <laughs> and yeah, 
And so we looked perfect. We looked and perfect. Minus your beard. But you, you, Griff did the wardrobe he excelled at. He had yeah. the kickboxer wardrobe, those slacks. I couldn't, I had to make <laughs> the top he wears because it's like, it's like a woman's top, but then it has suspenders in the back that connect to well, his it, pants. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a wife beater, but like, yeah. really, like suspenders and stuff. Were, were knitted in, or stitched <laughs> into the yeah. wife beater. So what I did was, and you didn't do this, but I, I, I let it go because it. Oh, no. he had the zipper in the front too. He did. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to fucking sew a <laughs> yeah. zipper into shit. You know, right? <laughs> that that whole thing. I was like, oh my god, I don't think I can do this. So I just, I just, you know, went with the low budget version. I got a tank top. Right. I cut the sleeves off it. I got some suspenders <laughs> and attached it, and went around the back. And I got the slacks and pulled them way up to my nipples. Yeah, and so we went to our comic book store when they cared about stuff they used to have a halloween uh party on halloween or yeah. around that time around that time yeah and so i'm like i'm ready to win i'm like my prize is handed to me yeah you and were they, fresh to death like you dressed in a coffin and they were like we can't give it to you you're regular so some fucking little kid with some store-bought costume yeah got like i think it was like 20 bucks it's like a little buzz like you got a 20 dollar gift certificate they yeah. didn't even give you a wink and like here's a 10 dollar gift certificate mike i think fucking... mike like gave me something he's like oh, okay. you ruled here take this he like gave me my week's comics for free or some shit like that, that sounds that sounds about right but so so yeah how, how were we going oh so we we, we how did we, we get into we, bad movies we realized that we liked action movies. So our birthdays rolled around. And Griff's like, I'm going to come up. I, I'm fucking Ned Stark. I live up in the north. I'm yeah. right on the board. So I'm like at the wall. I'm the board. Go past the wall. It's Kid Rock Country. Yeah. I'm like the end of civilization <laughs> is where I live. Yes, you are. So, There's some yuppies around there and then end of civilization. Right. And so he's like, I'm going to come up. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get him something for his birthday. I know he like because Griff's is a fucking pain in the ass to get anything I, for because I, he does not like anything you can touch, anything physical. I really am. So I, but I'm like, fuck it. I didn't know that at the time. So I'm like, I'll just get him some DVDs because we both like the same movies. So yeah. I went up to like the, the last FYE in America, I think. That was an FYE you is got it, that at? Yes, an FYE. Oh, my God. So I'm just looking around, just looking at you browsing. And this fucking beautiful DVD catches my eye. The cover is, it has nothing to do with the movie we're going to talk about. Yeah. The cover is a police officer holding a samurai sword and a severed head. It's more akin to Man- Maniac Cop. Right. Yeah, and I think that's what they're playing on because yeah. Robert Zadar was in Maniac Cop. So I'm like, holy shit, this looks interesting. I read the back. I'm like, holy fuck, this looks really interesting. Yeah. It, was, it was actually a used copy, so it was it was open because that'll play later on. Because I'm gonna I'm not I have a thing with Griff that I'll explain as we go along. Because I was like, I have to because I give Griff shit that he rifles through his strangers <laughs> like property when they're not around. Oh, I love it. And I was like, I have to watch this before I give it to him. It was already opened. Yeah. So I was like, I gotta watch this, and I watched it, and I was gobsmacked as they say i was i was like holy shit i think that was the first time you came in the comic book store and you had that look on your face <laughs> that glow that you have now because yeah. you've mastered the way of the dragon the last right. dragon right uh but you had that glow and you just couldn't wait and samurai cop and you wouldn't tell me that many details <laughs> no. and and yeah. well no yeah well you came up and i hand, i don't think i even wrapped his hand i said griff this might be the best, worst movie I've ever Dude, seen in my life. I came out to your place. <laughs> right. Like, I came out, I picked you up, like, we went and got some food, 
And then uh, we went to Second and Charles, which is right. kind of like the FYE replacement, but right. better because they have secondhand shit. Yeah, and it's a lot cheaper. And it's a lot cheaper and a lot of cool shit there. And in the parking lot, we, we did this exchange, and you were just like, Samurai Cop. I think you got me a Rudy Ray Moore album. So yeah. It was a very, it was very equal. It wasn't like somebody got a shitty gift. Somebody got, it was great gifts back and forth. Yeah. It's hard because... I know your wall situation, and I like to buy you things to hang, but you're running out of space to right. hang things, so I feel bad because it's like I, wa- I I keep finding shit that I'm like, Murray could put this on his wall. You're running out of wall space. Yeah. Got to get I don't you. Care. I, that's fine. I, I like art, so. Yeah. I, that space, too. I can shift it out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I was like, and then Griff went home and watched it, and I think he immediately like, called me or texted me. He's like, you're right. This is fucking amazing. I, I, I don't know, but that... That's going to lead me into something really interesting here. The first watching of Samurai Cop, because I have taken this to people and made them watch it, and if they don't know what they're to expect, they're just, like, unhinged. They don't know what, you know, they're checking their phones and doing that bullshit. Even back in 2014, let's say, you know, they weren't giving it the full attention it really needs. Right. Yeah, I don't want to like front and be one of those people. It's like, oh, we knew about Samurai Cop from way back in the day. No, no. It's, it's a relatively new discovery, but it was a it was a fresh discovery. Like we both knew nothing about this yeah. movie. There was no like YouTube shit we saw. It was just it, honest it, fucking reaction. Yeah, it. It, it, it. Yeah, it was. Like I can't even remember my first viewing of it. I just know that we shared. I've lost that cell phone. I've lost any kind of communicado we had during right. that time. So I can't even go pull that up. I just, I just know that I was fucking amazed by it. Yeah, and I want to say, if I'm assuming everyone listening to this has already seen it, but you haven't, I highly recommend. It's oh. on. It's I, as far as I know. Last time I checked, it's on Tubi.com for free. Okay, so check check it out. But you were saying? Oh shit! I thought we you got, were you were going no, into a point there. No. Uh, but no. So there is so much happening. There's so many screen breaks. There's so many cuts. There's so many audio miscues. There's so much layering that makes no sense. There's so many times where a scene is in one wilderness and then is in a completely different wilderness. There's so many reused sets. There's sets where it's like you're in a grandma house and now you're suddenly in a mansion when he walks through a door. There's so much happening. It is incredibly jarring. Yeah, and there's so many memorable characters in this movie. I mean, every character. I'm. I said. I. I said this to Griff last week when we were preparing. I'm like, they're more care, more memorable, and characters I care about in Samurai Cop than the entire J.J. Abrams Star Wars trilogy. Like these characters last. Like I'll be talking about the waiter. Forever. Well, the good thing about, like, what I appreciate about all the characters, and yes, it's their corny as fuck lines and everything, but the thing is, because the lines were so corny, uh, uh, it's Amir, right? Amir. Yeah. Amir, Amir, he was just like, yeah, do what you, say how you would say these as an American, because he was an Iranian guy, yeah. so, and he wanted to make an American movie, so he's constantly leaning on the actors. Uh, is Turns out a lot of these actors didn't get much work after this, and that might be evident. Well, uh, if you, when, when you've you reached the, the mountaintop, the only way is down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why – that was my whole thing with Matt Hannon, the samurai cop. I was like, he conquered acting with this movie. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. Like, so he just quit. I, I think that's what happened. 
I think that's what happened. Well, yeah. The, so, yeah, let's, let's get into the, the some of the backstory to this movie. I so, want I want to just point. Wait, I don't. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, this movie was the brainchild of Amir Shervan from our, an Iranian uh, businessman who, according to, and of course, we're getting all these facts from like Matt Hannon and Mark Frazier, who's a sure. partner in the movie. So, and they seem to feel like they don't even know what they're talking about half the time, but. We'll, we'll we'll go with they're telling the truth. They kind of I think what they, they know is the truth. This this was that embarrassing job you did for a summer, and then right. you just tried well, this, to distance. Well, yeah, yourself. this was like I'm desperate to get my foot in the door. It's so hard to get into movies. Yeah, that you'll do anything. Yeah. So Amir Shavan, he had a dream. He owned uh, all the movie theaters in Iran, or at least a lot of them. Yeah. And so he had he had money. I'm guessing. And he decided, much like a young Menachem Golem and Yoram Globus, that was the connection I was alluding Hollywood to. stars in their eyes, I'm going to go to America and make American films. Yes. And, uh, yeah, he just had a dream, and he uh, he saw it through. He had he did four movies. As far as I know, I've seen all four of them. You got first one's Hollywood Cop, which, good. I want to do it in a future episode. Two, Samurai Cop, the best. Right. Can't get any better. Three, Killing American Style. Mm, you know, he, he he peaked with Samurai Cop. Yeah, yeah. But this was but Killing American Style had Robert Zadar in it too. Four Young Rebels, which I don't even remember. I've seen it. I, I don't, don't even remember. I don't remember. Where's the one with the kid in it? Hollywood Cop. Hollywood Cop. Hollywood Cop is pretty great. It also has Hydrophil in it, which I appreciate. Right. It, there is a hot dog scene. Yeah, and so yeah, so he uh, he he was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna write from from what I remember because like I said, Mark Frazier says one thing, Matt Hannon says the other, but according to Matt Hannon, I'm gonna go with him because he is a samurai cop. That all that stilted dialogue it was obviously written because he's an Iranian, and he he told them because Mark uh, Matt was like. Can I like fuck with this? Yeah, because like, it, it sounds it's awkward. And yeah. he told him sure, and then when filming came, he's like, no, you read it like it's on the fucking paper. There's definitely parts where you can tell Matt threw in his own thing. Like I don't know, I don't know how many times it takes to view this, but when I watched Samurai, it's been like three years since I watched Samurai Cop, uh, and I watched it last night. I thought I, I was telling Murray, I'm not doing the full thing because I already know this movie like the back of my. I watched it and I was noticing so many more things. You definitely can tell when he's reading a mirror lines and when he's do like ad libbing, right? And like you can tell, keep it warm. You, you're the glint <laughs> in his eye. You're just like that's a Matt Hannon right Isn't there. That I would think that was a totally like a mirror Shervan. Sh- Dude, you can because tell. it's so bad. <laughs> he, so he even uh, Matt uh, in that Red Letter Media interview because there is a Red Letter Media interview from like eight years ago with uh, Matt Hannon and he does say like about what lines were his and what lines were Amir's and I believe he does say like a lot of that keep it warm you know that shit okay. was his own unique genius touch. genius so yeah so the story behind how Mark and uh, Matt got. Uh, their job in Samurai Cop was they're both struggling actors. Matt was a bodyguard for Sylvester Stallone before this. Oh, and during the over the top or during the Cannon years. Damn. Okay, he's got the physique. Well, he's a huge guy. He's like six five. Yeah, and, like he's probably at least two fifty in yeah. this movie. And because I, I, I thought that was weird because I'm like he doesn't appear that. I mean he's not short, but he doesn't look that tall. But then 
Mark Frazier's 6'4", too. Holy shit. Okay. So you see them together. You don't think they're as tall as they are, but they're it really tall It doesn't help guys. that all the shots in this movie are super close. <laughs> yes. So it's like you don't well, get that. Yeah, because much like our movie last week, Veronica, like, you have so many <laughs> like you have so many few sets that you got to zoom in and like yeah, you know, you're, you're, a scene takes place in five different places. Yeah. And you're trying to cut it together. He he definitely was trying to uh, separate the scenes there. So uh, Matt, you know, he uh, this was his f- he was in one movie before bit part. I, I haven't seen it. I need to check it out. He just played a thug. And this was his second movie That's ever. Right. He'd never yeah. done any commercial work, any acting whatsoever. And he just shows up at Amir's uh, office, which is in this movie. Yep. And it's in multiple of his movies. And Amir's like, you you got the part. You're Samurai Cop. He didn't even audition. He's like, yeah. you're Samurai Cop. Don't you love that about these movies we do, though? Or you can clearly tell the guy has no experience. It's, it's just like... a. A, a buff guy. <laughs> right. Well, that's all you needed back then. Yeah. But I love it because it's like you have a straight character there. You have a, a nothing. Right. I love it. Everyone else works around them. And it was the same for Mark Frazier, his partner. He just showed up. They talked for a little bit. And he's just like, you got the part. And he's just like, don't you want me to audit? No, you have the part. You're yeah. you're Frank Washington. He was black. Amir was going for a lethal weapon thing. Obviously, yeah, this movie is obviously a rip off a of lethal weapon. Yeah, and he had a mustache. Right. Well, he did not have a mustache. He had to grow a mustache. Oh, he had to grow it for this role. So he because Amir was like, no, this this role requires a mustache. Okay, so he's like, you're perfect, but <laughs> get that mustache. Because why? Because Danny Glover had a mustache and yeah. lethal weapon. Of course, of course. Um, what I love as well is that. We don't do the Marvel introduction. We don't have backstories for anybody. We just jump right the fuck in. Let's go. Matt's backstory, I'm from San Diego. Right. That's it. Three well, no, years. it's a little more than that. Oh, okay. Tell us a little more about it. Well, no, I'm, I'm going to save that for the movie. You're going to save it? Because we always got it. We, you know in these movies, we got it at credential scene where we just list off his credentials. There was a credential scene? Yes, there was. See, this movie, every time I watch it, I discover five more things because there's this is like the greatest Cirque du Soleil act where there's 45 things happening at once. You've got shit falling in the background. you got guys... Like there's a there's a scene in a doctor's clinic, but it's actually got like a dental clinic in there as well. The nurses are wearing like skimpy little black skirts with lab coats <laughs> over them. It's like there, it's everything is happening. everybody is wearing their own clothes. Yeah. I mean, there's no costuming in this movie. <laughs> there's it's Robert it's, Zadar uses his own car, and so does Matt Hannon. Oh really? Yes. Is that why his car sucks? Yes, that's exactly what. Well, well, Robert had a jag. He had a fucking yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that fucking sweet jag, and he yeah. jumps in, but and waves uh, goodbye. But yes, and um, oh, Frank, the car chase in the beginning. That's that's uh, Mark Frazier's car. Oh so. my god, I can't wait to start. So it, it's yeah, it's such a clusterfuck of a movie, but. There was so much heart to this movie, too. Like, there was no winking at the camera, which we fucking no. despise. There was no irony. It was pure. It was the. It came from a pure place. So if you ever decided, all right, you know, 
Samurai Cop 1 seems a little dated. I'm going to watch Samurai Cop 2 and then Samurai Cop 1 after. F- no, Just no. fucking don't. Because that is the exact opposite. Yeah. Samurai Cop is everything that's wrong with movies nowadays. Yeah, yeah. It's all of the winking. They put Tommy Wiseau in it for some reason. Ugh. It's everything horrible. And it was, just putting Tommy Wiseau in it was a wink. Yeah, what and, infuriated me about it was I actually thought Matt and Mark were good. Like, I think they were trying to play it straight. Yeah. But they got thrown into this ridiculous story. I know. I, I was hoping for them because I, when you hear a bad movie is doing a sequel 20 years later after it's going, gained cult fame, you're like, God damn it. Right. There's nothing good that can come of this. Right. And Matt and uh, uh, Frank – or uh, Mark. I, Mark. Uh, they they clearly like were trying to be real about it. Well, and... they want they cared about their fans. They were like, we want to give these fans what they they want. Mark was also happy to learn that Matt was still alive at that time, right? Because that all <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I almost forgot. Yeah, and it, it fooled me because when, as soon as I found out about this, I have to, I, I was like, I have to learn everything about this movie. Uh, yeah, you so did. I, I remember you going down this rabbit hole, <laughs> and I was like. It says here, Matt Hanna died. Like he, he, the, yeah. he died years ago. Because I was like, I have to see every movie Matt Hanna's yeah. been in now. And there was nothing. There was this and that one other one. It's like the guy from Undefeatable. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I, Don Nyam. And uh, so, yeah, I was like, and everyone thought he was dead. And then literally just like around the time this came into our life, I guess uh, Matt's daughter, because he just went on to a regular, got a regular nine to five job. And he forgot about it. He gave up on his acting career. And his daughter had seen, like, people were talking about him being dead. She's like, no, he's alive right here. He just doesn't do social media shit, yeah. you know? And so I was, we were like, oh, my God, thank God he's alive. We can't lose this guy. And then he put out that really awkward video that his daughter posted <laughs> yeah. where he's, like, in his shorts. He's ripped as fuck. He, like, has an awkward uh, tan going on, long hair still. Right. It's looking great, but he's just like, that fucking retarded-ass movie? (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, man, you're alive! And Uh, I also want to point out, and this was... Because people say this is bad acting, but Matt Hannon might be one of the best actors of all time because watching this movie... Samurai Cop is an absolute (laughs) douchebag in this movie. So I was like, whoa, there's no way... This has to be acting. This has to be who Matt Hannon is. Dude, the shit he has uh, claimed was ad-libbing that I believe 100% because obviously Amir had no director. Uh, he had one movie before this, but yeah. he clearly was not in any fashion like a good director. Right. So all this shit, little shit you see Matt do, you're like, that's his own little touch. That was a point I wanted to get to earlier. All these characters, that's why I love them, because they all reflect the actors. Frank's character reflects Mark, I imagine, in some ways. Matt's well, reflects Akimura Matt in some ways. Is, is, his name is Akamura in real life. Is it really? Yes, it's, Ger- it's Gerald Akamura. And he, he was the only actual uh, trained martial artist yeah. in this also, movie Also, well. he's, he's part of the Sedaris crew, too. He was in some Andy Sedaris movies. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But then uh, you, you got Yashimasha. Yashimasha. Yamashita. Yamashita, which is uh, Mark's, uh, Robert Sadar's character. Yeah, he was obviously the biggest name he in was. this movie. And you could tell because he his scenes were very direct. Right. He was total pro. And like man, Mark and Matt said he was. He was like yeah. he was a nice guy. He was total pro. I loved it. He came in. He did his role. He did like these weird hand gestures and shit. <laughs> I loved him. I love everybody. I. It's like... 
It's like why wrestling sucks now because everyone's like, we're in on it. It's like, no, fuck off. Like, ugh. Yeah, so like I was saying uh, before we went off on what's going to be many tangents in this That's why it's a two-parter. Right. Uh, I was just like, oh, my God. I didn't want to see any new Matt material. Like, he's got to be a complete douchebag. Quite the opposite. He's yeah. he's got a he's super humble. Has a great like self deprecating kind of sense oh, of humor. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I, I'm so happy of that because you know you don't want to meet your hero sometimes. Yep. Well, I still don't want to meet him. That <laughs> I kind of want to be like, hey, what's up? Well, but at the twi- same time, I'm Twitter bro bros. With yeah, him now, yeah. You're, so, you're, you're but, yeah. Tweety bros with him. Yeah. That's pretty dope. But still, it's it, it, it is weird. Speaking it's, of meeting heroes, I don't know if I've ever even told you this story. Oh Jesus! But Christ. I and I'm ashamed of this now, and I feel a lot of regret. I had an opportunity to meet and talk to Robert Zadar. You did. He was at like, a Comic Con. Yeah. And this, hey, I just want to put this was before Samurai Cop was in my life. All right, so it's not like as far as I knew, he was just that weird guy from Tango and Cash. It's all I right, knew him right. from. So I was like. Who cares about this motherfucker? He was like, he looked horrible. He looked like he was hungover. He was like sweaty looking, and he had like a few days growth of beard, and he looked like a mess. I mean, I was scary. I didn't want to talk to him, but if, oh, if only I'd known about. Sarah I know, I know. Cow. We don't have. We, I, I, I mean, I. Because he's no longer it. with us. If you don't know, by yeah, the way. yeah. we lost Robert Zerar. Yeah, but oh my god, he was so good, Murray. Um. Is there anything else we want to cover in the top half? I don't know. I don't know. How, how, how we, this is about a half hour now, haven't we? Yeah, we've got half an hour <laughs> okay. just talking. Yeah, let's, just just want, rambling about this. Yeah, so let's just get into this. The greatest bad movie ever made, our 100th episode celebration, Samurai Cop. Are you Fuji, Fujiyama? Yes, I am. Who are you? I'm a cop. His real name is Joe Marshall. They call him Samurai. He speaks fluent Japanese. He got his martial arts training from the masters in Japan. Was brought over here from the police force in San Diego to fight us. Would you like to fuck me? You're the one that talked me into bringing this moron from San Diego to fight the uh, Japanese Katana gang. Bingo. I want him dead. I want his head cut off and brought here. Have you been circumcised? Yeah, I have. Why? Well, your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off. I want his head on this piano so that every man in my organization understands once more that no Katana gets captured alive or talked. Got that? How did you know I'd come home with you? Let's just say I can read eyes. I feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass, and it hurts. I've got to figure out a way to get it out of there. Welcome back. I don't even know what that trailer sounds like. I just know it's goddamn gold. I just know it's gold. We'll probably I'll try to find like the original trailer. I'm speaking I don't know <laughs> in the there, wrong tense I know, here. I don't know if there is an original trailer because this movie was lost to time. That's, that's a good point. There's supposedly it got locked into a vault. A, a castle. Yeah. 
That's right. There was a rumor about a castle. <laughs> it was found oh in the God. basement of a castle. God damn it. This movie has all the credibility of the greatest of legends. Yeah, I really, all. I don't think this movie would, had ever been released in theaters. No, it didn't. Because the only person, Mark never had a copy. First time he ever saw it was like 20 years later when people like brought it up like online. Yeah. And Matt had a copy because we, we because the way they kept because we got to point out this movie took like two years to make and they would yeah. go long gaps in between. Oh my god! And so the way they would keep the actors coming, Amir, because he wasn't paying them shit. Like near the end, they wasn't paying him anything. They were just like, "We're gonna see it through." Yeah, you know. So he'd be like, "You need film. You need film because we're casting agents. For you casting, need something yeah. to show them." So they were like, "All right, we'll come." I don't back. know what half of them are taking from this film to show anybody, <laughs> but yeah. Right. yeah, I don't think you're gonna want to show people this anyway. If you want to show, if you're, yeah. a, you're a great actor, I mean, Matt might want to show his ass off to people, but right. You know. And so, and that's important that we say it took <laughs> the big long gaps because you'll notice. And I remember you the- might no, I'm serious. There is like this is why I brought up how jarring this movie is the first time you watch it. Yes, you might miss so many things each time you watch it. You seriously discover more today. Right. We're not going to get to this point today because it's so late in the movie. <laughs> but I did not notice this. There's a point where Matt climbs over a gate and Frank goes under the gate. And he you goes, don't why remember did, that one? I don't remember that at all. Oh, I never noticed it. I remembered it. that. Why did you go under the gate? I'm an undercover cop. And then he <laughs> that's the one where he breaks the fourth wall because he does look at the camera and uh, at Matt that claims that Frank looked at the or Mark looked at the fourth wall or uh, the camera a lot because he was not uh, trained well, for a camera. Well, he also had to do a lot of reaction shots, as we'll get also, into later on. He had to do a lot of uh yeah, right. Yeah, so like so that I mean I, I brought that up though it takes so long because this is when I this is when I knew it was gonna be a good movie the first time I saw it because I was like we see a samurai cop he's obviously wearing a I was like is he wearing a wig yeah what is going on with this shit because then you'd see him in the next scene and he'd have his hair, hair. and I was like am I am I losing my mind am yeah. I thinking he's wearing a wig it's all over the place what happened was okay they as far as Matt knew he had long, we, he, had, he had really long hair <laughs> we thought we were done with lore we're not done with no, lore <laughs> no there's there's lore off the rock quick lore and then we'll get to the movie he he uh he had really long hair and his he filmed. He thought he was done wrapped. He was wrapped. Yeah. And so his agent's like, cut the hair. Yeah. Everyone's got Nang Chen's now. Yeah. You got to stand out. Yeah. You're buff. You got the hairy chest. You look great. Chuck Norris has nailed that market, though. Cut the hair. So he did it. And then, like, Amir calls him back. Hey, I need some reshoots. So he shows up. Amir's like, what have you done? You've ruined my movie. And he's, so he's like, what? He's like, so... Um, according to Matt, he thought he was just there for like a couple days of like reshoots. They yeah. filmed like half of the movie after the fact. Yeah. And so he had to wear a wig. Yeah. Amir drove him to Hollywood, <laughs> bought him a wig, and they started shooting again. I think he went to Halloween USA because it's the worst <laughs> fucking wig I've ever seen. So, it's yeah. beautiful. So, yeah, that's when, when Griff said there's jarring scenes. One is like from hair, wig, hair, wig. All in the same scene. Yeah. Like, from cuts. Yeah. You have that. Oh, my God. And there's I, also a lot of fucking reaction shots, especially of Mark 
Frank Washington. I feel like people do need a tour guide, and they knew, do need to just like slowly take it all in when they watch us for the first time. And speaking of the first time, let's get to this fucking movie. Well, with that beautiful credits that we were rolling earlier with that beautiful Nintendo. I don't remember how it sounded. And then we're immediately into a scene. With the villains. What? See, this is... Scrap everything we say. I love the, an opening with villains. I love seeing this kind of right. shit. And they're like poolside. And we see fucking Yak- Akamura, Akamura. Gerald, played by Gerald Akamura, who also is a friend of Al Leong's. Oh, good, good, good. And he did, I, I'm assuming he was like did most of the stunt coordination because he is a legitimate stunt. He, yes, he did. He did. Matt said that. Okay. He and did then, a lot of stunt coordination and the for, co- fight coordination, right. but he was not there for a lot of the fights. <laughs> so they had to ad lib a lot of fights. Okay, and it shows. It shows. And we see our man Robert Zadar. I want to say he needed to keep the fucking beard. beard. He looks human when he has a beard. Well, he did the beard, then he had a collar tie cinched up, so it kind of kept it all in. Right. Uh, if, you, if, you're not, you, if you're listening to this, you should know who Robert Zadar is. If you're not, he has a humongous jaw. He's got a cherub something. Some kind of medical yeah. condition where his jaw kept growing. Yeah, because by the time he died, he looked fucking inhuman. It he was looked, it was scary. He yeah. looked like Quagmire from Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, he did. It, it's, it's It is scary. So we see them, and we see a female hench who didn't have a name. She was this female hench. Yeah, who allegedly was an '80s porn star. I don't know. She. I might have like worked for her in my Raymond St. Jack days. I don't remember. <laughs> If you saw, wait, no, you did see her butt. I was gonna say, if you, you saw, saw butt, everything. You, she got, yeah, she got full frontal. Yeah, in she this. got. Well, she was a she porn was, star. Yeah. Well, as far as we know, we I would. Know. We need to get the research on that. We should have researched this. Get the research department. Maybe we'll get for week yeah. two. But we need to figure out who that is because we got to get her turn ons, turn offs. <laughs> Guys so, with oversized jaws, I think, is a turn on. So we learn uh, through all the henchmen, which the henchmen, the details. <laughs> oh my god, the details. There's a guy who, if you're friendly with the Venture Brothers, who looks like a young Brock Samson. Hasn't quite filled out his body, but he's still a tall, menacing figure with curly that fucking blonde mullet. curly blonde mullet. And then you got Pock face, old as fuck, <laughs> Ric Flair, purple sunglasses on, gray suit. Woo! Woo! <laughs> he's looking fire as fuck. And everybody is dogging uh, our man. I just call him Yama in the notes. But it's Robert Zardar's character. Yamashita. Yamashita. So Robert Zardar, I guess, doing yellow face because he's playing a Japanese he, role. He is. Maybe a, he was such a great samurai they bequeathed a Japanese. Maybe. Like, you know how they like Indians will give like a white man an Indian name. Yes. Maybe they gave Yamashita means like uh, samurai with huge jaw. May, maybe like that's that. what it was. So he is. Uh, y- Yama has been going around. He's been. Trading secrets and doing friendly stuff with both Chinese gangs and Japanese gangs. Well, yeah. Well, Akamura, he who's another henchman, he wants to unite all of the. It's kind of gangs. a one A one B situation with them, isn't yeah. it? Like Yama yeah. and Akamura. Yeah, Yamashita is definitely hench number one. Yeah, and um, but Fujiyama, who's like the the crime lord. He has none. He wants none of that. He wants to destroy all the gangs and just rule. Yeah. Los Angeles and by you, himself. You hear Okamara and Yamara, Yamayashi, Yamashita, Yama, Yamashita. 
they're having a conversation about it, and someone chimes in, it's all about what the boss says, and of course a sliding door, sliding glass door. We were talking about these doors the other day. What do you call them? Uh, sliding glass door. And Fuji walks out, Fujiyama. Who, another guy who had no experience acting at all, and it shows. Uh, looks like Jimmy Hart. Was that the guy's a- name? Yeah, Asian Jimmy Hart. He has a beautiful mullet. Beautiful. Though, and a mustache. Giant-ass aviators. <laughs> he's coming out. He's got the uh, the, the, the fucking, uh, what do they call those things? Loud mics? or uh, Megaphone. Megaphone. He's got the megaphone, and he's just like, what's the deal with the Japanese? <laughs> yeah. No, he's... Because I think he, he all his lines were dubbed by Amir. Because Amir, anytime there's like not a main character, Amir, like they needed like to pick up some lines, or they didn't have. I'm assuming every outside shot they didn't have the right equipment because yes. Amir would just throw his. He would do the voice again, jarring. You yeah. see people talk. The voice doesn't match the lips. Right. There's so much. I think Fuji did a lot of his own lines, but you okay. might be right. And Fujiyama, it's like. What are you doing? He talks like that for some reason. <laughs> he barely, he doesn't even have, like, when you get a thick, long-growing mustache, like, you don't see a mouth open sometimes, he just doesn't open his mouth. And he's like, I don't want to work with those guys. I want them dead. Oh, shit, dead? And then Yamashita, who's more practical, he's like, okay. And like, very sedate, subtle, because before this, all I knew Robert Sadar from was this crazy-ass guy from Fluff, yeah. Tango and Cash. I didn't know he had so much range. Yeah. Because he's very sedate. He's cool. like, calm, very zen. Serenity now, serenity now. And he's like, whatever you say, Master Fujiyama. And he's always flashing the sweet signal whenever he leaves a scene. It's like the thumb and the two uh, index and middle finger, and he throws them up, and he just kind of like fades away and it's beautiful he is a great actor so there's we notice right off the bat there's a little bit of friction between akimura who just wants peace yeah and fujiyama who's like burn them all to the ground burn, burn it to the ground i'm the only one who can peddle drugs in this town and we know he's peddling drugs he's yes. gotta be yes so yashima uh, yamashita yamashita his mission is to go find those chinese sons of bitches and end them right so mr lee who's the head of the chinese gang they're under the impression this is like a truce, like they're Again, have a meeting. The, the Akamura and uh, Yamashita Yama have been milking it up. They've been working these relationships, making it seem like, you know, we want to coexist. Right. Well, they do. It's fucking Fujiyama who's just like, fucking burn it all to the ground. And, of course, how you initiate a uh, business meeting is you go to the back door in the alley. and you Although, knock, like a dojo. Yep. You knock twice. And then you they're, they're, it looks like they're like in Chinatown, like in L.A., because there's like pagodas and all shit in the background. Yeah, so, yeah. and we get uh, a meeting between the Chinese gang and the, and the Katana gang. Katana gang, which yes, is, which good, is Yamashita's good. gang. Yeah, and, Fujiyama's gang. Yes, well, both of their gangs. And they, uh, we, so we, I'm, like I said, I'm assuming there's no proper uh, outdoor recording equipment, so we get a bunch of dubbing in this scene. <laughs> This is where you get the best uh, Amir dubbing because it sounds like a robot. You get one Asian dude. He's like, what are you guys doing here? And like Mr. Lee had like a crutch for some reason. Like they didn't, <laughs> I guess he, li- he probably literally broke his foot or something. because It did have. not come into play at all. Nope. And they're like, okay, they're thinking this is like going to be a powwow. Sit, yeah. Sit down. And then uh, Yamashita's like, fuck that. Yeah. Kill them. 
pulls a knife, stabs Mr. Lee, and then all hell breaks loose. And there's like a really awful kung fu fight. I, I don't know why Akamura wasn't here. He was a stuntman. He probably could have done something. Exactly. Akamura, they, I don't know how they didn't get him on set for every fight. <laughs> they managed not to. So. so, yeah. So the Chinese gang is taken out. Katana yeah. gang is taking over L.A. Oh, my God. And you know what that means? We need to cut away because that's too much information on our <laughs> villains. We need to know what our heroes are doing. And we see our man, Joe Marshall, the samurai cop. Beautiful wig flowing with a with a trucker cap, like just, just dangling on top. Yeah, it's resting on top of this. <laughs> well, you don't know Joe very well yet, but if you watch it a second time, you'll realize this is Joe Wig. Yes. And... We learned he's straight out of San Diego because he's a top <laughs> cop in San Diego. Top cop. And he got called in because uh, Frank, we're going we're to start using their character names. Frank called him in. He's like, this guy's the best boss. Yeah. San Diego is known for their drug trade, which I guess it is because there's that border with Mexico. Yeah, okay, sure, yeah. That's and where all of them come from. So uh, Joe, already he's been in town for a week. He's already got a tip. He already about, has a tip. Oh, maybe the Chinese gang is in. Uh, you know, he's probably already infil- he's infiltrated already. He gets around. Yeah, you know. And he's just like, there's going to be a drug pickup, drug trade off at the docks. Of course, with at the docks. We've said how many times? How how many times? Nothing good ever happens on water. So we're watching. Well, you already uh, mentioned the stake out of the van. No. Okay, that's check. how they figure out yeah. it's going to be at the docks. Okay. Because they stake out the van, and then they also have some... The Hollywood uh, Video van? The Hollywood Video <laughs> van. <laughs> they got Hollywood Video, the old video rental store uh, logo painted on the side of their van for reasons. Well, it's like painted over, but you can see the shape. Like They actually yeah. painted perfectly around the shape so you can see it. So you don't see the readout of Hollywood Video, but you still get a lot of the other contextuals. And there, you notice there's a lot of scenes for like Joe had to get out of the car for this to let you know that that's Joe. Like I think that's what Amir was thinking. Maybe because yeah. they would park a car and then he would just get out and just like stand against the. You're car. right. I didn't ri- again. <laughs> a lot of things to notice and not notice in this movie, and that's one of the things I didn't notice. So they've got eyes in the skies. They're chasing this van now. Well, yeah, they mark they they see the van and then he calls up Peggy. Yep, and he's like, Peggy, get the chopper. So Peggy's eyes in the sky. She's, she's a, yeah, she's already up there. She's ready. She's waiting. So then they 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 the, the choppers like leading our our heroes to yeah. the marina. Of course, they which you mentioned they already knew it was going to be at the marina. So I don't know why they just didn't camp it out there. But you know they followed them there. Police work. And we see like somewhat little dinghy like uh, goes up to the pier, and they they got a suitcase, and we see these Chinese men with a suitcase. They switch them. Joe, Joe is still calling it out. He's like, there's a big drug deal happening here. They're going to swap drugs and money. It's cocaine. A lot of cocaine. Cocaine-um. Cocaine-um. And so Peggy's, you know, they lose track of them. But Peggy sees them. He's like, I see it happening. They're getting back into the blue, blue van. And Joe just happens to peer around the corner. And he sees them gearing back up into the van. Mind you, three people in this van. Okay, let's just keep track there. Three people. One Three. looks like Jesse Ventura from Predator. Yes. He's got a mustache and a like do rag. Do rag. Yep. Yep. A black man who's kind of like a Black Panther looking dude with a, a beret. Yes. And the driver who's a Hispanic guy. Once yes. again, we always point out <laughs> super multicultural, diverse, super diverse crowd. <laughs> right. So uh, Joe 
peeks over and sees them leaving. So he's like, oh, I know what to do. So he gets around a building. Gets the, out of the car again. Gets out of the car again. <laughs> You're right. I didn't notice this. Like, I think I really think that's a mirror. It's like, I got to let them know that is the samurai cop car. Yeah, I think I think what it was is, uh, again, the red media, media people like to say this. You didn't notice, but your brain noticed. Because <laughs> it's like, I always notice, like, why is he getting out of his car? He knows they're coming. But he gets out of his car. They, like, stop behind this building so they're completely hidden. And he peers around the corner to see the van coming. And he gets back in the car and chases them. So now they're in a chase, which, guys, if anybody is a fan of this show and listens to it regularly, you know I hate car chases. Don't worry. Amir hates car chases. He puts the shit in fast fucking forward. Right. Well, they're because they're they're doing like going down real neighborhoods without permits. <laughs> so they're just like and I love there was a scene where they stack up like a fucking piles of junk so they can drive through mm-hmm. it. And they're literally like driving like down like the neighborhood we live in, just going like, you know, probably 30 but yeah, spending up to 30. 60. You got guys popping out because, I mean, the the van has realized that, you know, they're in chase. So they're popping out the back of the van and they're shooting at them and shit. Right. And, and we're getting a lot of scenes of obviously a car that's not moving or reaction shots of of uh, Joe and Frank. So they're just like somebody's like put in the back, like rocking the car to make it look like it's moving. <laughs> and Murray, this is where we start. This is where we start. Well, first we get some encouragement because Peggy is their eye in the sky. Yeah. So he's she's like, keep it up, Joe. And it's like, oh, it's up. You keep it warm. Okay, Joe. Keep it up. Oh, it's up and ready. Uh, you just keep it warm. It's warm and ready. Oh, this is before the shooting starts yes. happening. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's warm and ready. And ready. Oh. So, guys... Oh. This is where the Keep It Warm ends, uh, end off we do every episode comes from. Keep It Warm plays a big part in this movie for some reason. It plays a huge part <laughs> in this movie. And you know what else is about to play a huge part? Shoot. Shoot. Shoot him. Shoot. Shoot him. Shoot him. Shoot him. All throughout, it. it's just layered on top. Nobody's really saying this during the scenes. Shoot. Shoot him. Shoot. Much like what's going to be happening in this scene as we describe it. Shoot him. Because they're following a, a, the van. A, one of the, the black guy opens up the back, starts shooting. I think Frank shoots him. Shoot. And then he falls out. Shoot him. And they run over the guy. Oh. Very, that's very great special effect they did. I do like that part because Frank is like, oh, watch out, man. And then they run him over. And Matt's like, oh, fuck. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just driving in every because I want to bear in mind there's these there's the film this scene like six months ago and now they're filming more of it now yeah. so there's a lot of uh, Frank's blazer goes from blue to gray throughout the scene yeah Matt's hair goes from hair to wig hair throughout to wig. the scene yeah. and then they drive like out in, like the Hollywood Hills or something some out in the nowheresville so I bring up three people because they shoot uh, the black guy out right. Then they shoot another guy out. Jesse Ventura. Not, it's not him. It's not him? Because then they go down the dirt path. Okay. Then they shoot Jesse Ventura out. And then they get to finally the driver. Yeah. So there's four people suddenly in the car. They drive up alongside it. They shoot the driver. He just taps into like a dirt hill. He takes a bullet to the neck. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's where he got shot. Okay. And yeah, he, he can't stop the fan because he's been shot in the neck. He can't <laughs> scream. He can't do anything. So he Well, he t- can't scream, shoot! Shoot! Shoot him! Shoot him! <laughs> so then he crashes into the rock at two miles an hour. Of course the van explodes. <laughs> great work on the uh, on the direction here. Like, right. great shot. You know, you made it look real enough. And then we get a stuntman who looks nothing at all. Like, they didn't even bother putting a fake mustache on the stuntman. And, the his, like, the, the story behind this is amazing because... Joe, or I should say Matt and Mark, Joe and Frank, did not know they were arriving for this scene today because Amir did not describe any of the scenes they were arriving to shoot that day. He never did any. They didn't know what they were doing from day to day. Exactly. So they don't know what they're doing today. And then they're like, so we're there standing around, and there's this guy covering himself in that fucking gelatin or whatever it is. Fire retardant pack jelly. Yeah. Whatever they use, fire retardant pack jelly, never mind. Uh, that they use to light themselves on fire and not, like, scold their faces horribly. There are, there's no medical people at all. They're in the middle of nowhere. There, there's nobody there. It's the it's the <laughs> actor, Mark, uh, Matt, and Amir. And that's, like, and the it. the stunt guy. Yeah. And they're like, all right, so here's this tiny little fire extinguisher, and there's a blanket. <laughs> so the guy comes, going back into the movie, guy runs out of the van. Doesn't have a mustache. It's no longer whatever uh, uh, ethnicity he's, he's he was. Guy, he's you know? a white guy now. And he's laying on the ground. He's burning up. So Matt and Mark, well, Joe and Frank come over. They got the blanket. Well, they get he, fire he extinguisher. Goes down, he lays down on the ground. Yeah. And then he nonchalantly looks around like, are you putting me yeah, out yet? Yeah. yeah. He looks right at the camera. He's a stunt man. That's the first thing you're not supposed to do is a stunt man. You have to look yeah. away from the camera. You, see, the, you know, he's a white guy with no mustache. And then, like, and they, this really freaked out, like, Mark and uh, uh, Matt, because they're like, we, what? We can, this guy can be burned alive, you know? Like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. We're actors. They, um, um, Matt even said that, like, he was like, it, it, the fire didn't extinguish in that scene. <laughs> like, they lift the blanket, and it was actually he was still engulfed in flames. So it like took some shit to get that out, but you don't. And I guess the, Amir did some good editing because you don't <laughs> you don't notice that. And then the guy got up and just disappeared. They never saw him again. They were he was like, "Up, oh, I got paid," and then he's gone. <laughs> and you know what? Just like that, Matt doesn't give a fuck. He's more worried, or I should say, Joe doesn't give a fuck because he's got he's got. He's got some sky pussy to worry about. Yeah, Peggy's like, hey, nice work there, boys. He's like, I'll see you later. I see things got hot and heavy down there. Joe, why don't things get hot and heavy in my bedroom? Keep it warm. Keep it warm. And then he does like this ridiculous, like, points up at the sky, like, I'll see you later. Dude, that shot is fucking <laughs> fantastic. Again, this is, uh, this is mad ad-libbing here. Right. And it is wonderful. This is Bruce Campbell level camp, and I love it. So, this scene I think needed more direction because we I was talking about this right before we uh, we we started recording. The most awkward, weirdest, and there's a lot of sex scenes in this movie. This is one of many. I think there's three. Well, that's a lot for a fucking ninety minute movie. Yeah, it is. And every every thirty minute segment, they get some boobs and ass. Yeah, so we see Peggy. She's this everyone, and everyone's wearing when they're not clothed. They're wearing black thongs. Yes. Even Matt. Yes. 
And so he's laying on the bed. She's on top of him. And they're doing the most bizarre fish kissing. Like, they're, it's. Yeah. I was like, and I was like, I got to assume Matt is like a studly dude. I'm sure he's had a lot of sex before filming this movie. He knows how to kiss a woman properly. Okay. So I got to believe this is direction from Amir. He's like. I don't 100% blame him for the kissing part because I think that's kind of. I think that's the, uh, even weirder somehow than like being pretty much naked and grinding on each other. But I, I think the kissing is like where it's like, okay, this is getting a little weird. So I, I, I'll give him a pass on the kissing. What I won't give Amir a pass on is all the shots where it's just uh, Peggy's ass. And then it s- slowly pans up and she's on top of Joe now and it's just her tits. And then eventually it becomes Joe like grasping at her. <laughs> pawing at her. Pawing, yes, pawing at her. Yeah, it was oh. all. I I gotta. You know, now I think about this. I think Danzig's a fan of this movie. I he think must be. He used a lot of these scene, like yeah, shots for a Veronica. I didn't. I didn't really even consider that. But yeah, you're you dead on with that. There was uh, no eyeballs on the tits, but it was very reminiscent to uh, the the second. Third act when uh, you had the girl being like her wrists were slashed and her wrist uh, she was handcuffed above her head and the blood was just flowing down. Uh, I believe that's what the the I, I don't remember her name was. That whole thing just washed right <laughs> over me. Yeah, I don't know. Eye boobies, knife face, yeah. and bathed blood lady. And that's, somebody specialized in ass fucking. But that's yeah. last week's episode, which you can go listen to. This is this week's Samurai Cup. So yes, we have a very long, awkward sex scene. Long. The this shot was about as long as Peggy's ass. And so we got to cool off, man. So we cut back to Fuji and Yamashita. What are they up to, Griff? What are they up to? Well, they heard about a certain cop who's come back to town. Oh right, come back to town. Come, come to town for the first time. I guess. Yeah, we know that background. I think they actually did say he's back in town. He's like he's from San Diego. What this the is fuck? this is what I love. Again, we'll get to this next week because it comes out way later <laughs> in the movie. But they know everything about Joe here. They know he's samurai. They well, this know. is where we. This like I said. This is the scene where we get the credentials. You're right. You're right. This is where we get the credentials. We know. We learn that, he's um, he studied with the masters in Japan. He was probably dropped in the woods as a young child. He he studied along with fucking Joe Armstrong. Exactly. We know he's fluent in Japanese. We know that he knows everything. It's fucking amazing. We also know that he's jacked as fuck. He's beautiful. He looks great in a thong. Flowing Surfs. hair. Surfs. Uh, he knows how to operate a uh, compact disc system. He knows how to operate a, a, a PC and a Mac. He knows how to cook fried chicken. He, he he doesn't just know how to cook a chicken. He knows how to kill a chicken and prep it to cook. That's amazing. He's so amazing. So, so this guy, there's, there's no way Katana gang can beat this. No. Fujiyama's pissed, and he's like, I want his head. It's not even his head he's after. I confused this part. Oh, did he? This is the confusing part. They're not looking for Joe's head at this point. You know whose head they're looking for? No. That fucking perp from the van. Oh, oh, The chameleon. Yes. Oh, because the burn victim, he didn't die. The burn what? victim yeah. didn't die. He's in the he hospital. sent to the hospital. And he's going to, they, they're worried he's going to blab about the whole operation. So they're worried about Joe Armstrong being in town, but they're oh. also worried that somebody uh, connected to them has been uh, basically, you know, arrested. So, I mean, he's in yeah. he's in the hospital, but he's yeah. been arrested. So Fujiyama wants that guy, and then Sidar 
he just drops this fucking line on us. Samurai? If he's a samurai, what the hell are you? I'll get to know him. And then we'll see who the real samurai is. So you know where our man is? Yes, boss. I know the hospital and the room. And he's burned bad. Real bad. He won't be able to talk. I want him dead. I want his head cut off and brought here. I want his head on this piano so that every man in my organization understands once more that no katana gets captured alive or talks. Got that? I will bring you his head and I will place it on your piano. I know the real samurai is here. And so we're like, oh shit, this motherfucker means business. Cut back to the police station. Joe, he's just murdered people. He's just loving it. Yeah. He's just, he's just, he's, he's been in here for, he's been working at the place for a week and he's already taken over. He, Everybody's yeah. sitting there adoring, looking up at him. He's it's tell- like a, it's like Seagal. Everyone's like down on the ground looking up at him as he's just telling tales. I, I like that about Matt Hannum. Like whenever I talk about these old movies, I'm like, I love that they have no sense of reality. And I love that it comes out in every role they play. And I love this about Matt. Matt's doing such a good job. So he's like, so I'm pouting this puss the other night. Peggy is <laughs> Peggy is behind him listening. And smiling. She's like ecstatic. And, but she's also like, oh, you jerk. I think right. she thinks it's going to be about her, right. maybe. And she's like, is he going to talk about that? how I put my legs behind my head or something? No, he's talking about some other woman. And then, an, and then another woman comes out. The captain wants to see you. And then he starts flirting with her. Yeah, it's like this Asian uh, lady who's in the office, and he walks by. And he's like, "Sure thing, toots," and he like flips her <laughs> hair. But then he also like turns towards Peggy, and Peggy is noticing him, so he slaps the hand he flipped her in a very mocking way. Like I'm gonna fuck whoever I want. Beautiful. I fucking love it. <laughs> this, this is the first time I noticed that. I I loved it. I love it. I love it so much. So they go. I guess the captain told them to head to the hospital. Yes, they got to go check on that burn victim. So it's like the worst. It's like a guy wrapped in bandages with strawberry jelly just smeared on his face. He's writhing around in his bed and just keeps moaning and shit. And I don't know. They're they're just they walk in and there's Steve the security guard. Right, and he's got that curly, wet hair. Yeah, it's not so good. Yeah, he's clearly like a, a shitty ch- a security guard, and she's like, "Steve, what's the scoop on this?" And he's just like, "Oh, you know, he's over there, guys. He's burned. His lips are burnt. He can't talk right now." <laughs> so, like, well, we're still gonna go talk to him before they have. They gotta get past the nurse, though. Yeah, well, the nurse is in the room there, and then you know. So, like, I we there's been a lot of issues with incels and guys who can't get laid and i just want to say this scene we're going to play this scene for you because if you want you you don't have game you will learn to have game i swear to you use what the the words that joe marshall uses in this scene word for word and you will have panties dropping like nothing so let's go ahead and listen to a little bit of this thanks nurse do you like what you see I love what I see. Would you like to touch what you see? Yes. Yes, I would. Would you like to go out with me? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I would. Would you like to fuck me? 
Bingo. Well, then let's see what you've got. Doesn't interest me. Nothing there. Nothing there? Just exactly what would interest you? Something the size of a jumbo jet? Have you been circumcised? Yeah, I have. Why? Well, your doctor must have cut a big portion of it off. No, he, uh, he was a good doctor. Good doctors make mistakes, too. That's why they buy insurance. Hey, don't worry. I got enough. It's big. I want bigger. Hey, I have, uh... <laughs> have you been circumcised? Shut up. Wow. Whoa. Wow. That was... That was ferotic, Griff. Yeah, I know. It was violently erotic. That's how good that was. I have been turned down so many times for not having a jumbo jet, and now I know exactly how to respond to it. I know. Joe's got it all for us, guys. Bingo. He's, bingo. Oh, God, and then, so and good. while that, and you, you, that's why you got to watch this movie because while that's going on, we're getting the amazing reaction shots from Frank. Oh my God! It's like the most mugging, like. And then Matt, this is Matt's words, not mine. He's like doing buckwheat, like facial expressions. Like, that, that okay. was a, yeah, that's what they actually yeah. said. Yeah. Um, but the, the funny thing about this is people think that meme culture started and like GIF reactions to everything started like five years. No, it started in 1990 <laughs> with Frank Washington because right. that's what this shit was. He's got a reaction right. for every emotion in right. these scenes. Oh. <gasps> Ooh. And this is shows what a great actor Mark is because Amir would just put a camera on him and go, react. Yeah. He had no idea what he's reacting to. Yeah. And he would just make these ridiculous Well, again, faces. a lot of these shots that Frank was doing here, I don't believe they were in the same room. Or were they in the same room? Back and forth. They were like... But, yeah, yeah, because there's some shots... Most of the reaction shots, I know Matt, he said himself, most of his were done in Amir's uh, office. Th- that's right. That's what I was thinking yeah. of because I knew that they did so many reshoots and they just did them in Amir's office. So you get a cut to a character. It's a close-up of them, just like shoulder and head. And, head and shoulders. And uh, yeah, and, and you get the same background for a lot of them. It's different from the scene they're in, but... <laughs> right. So uh, head back out. So Joe's like, "Look, oh Steve, you dweeb, we're heading out. Yeah, make sure no one gets in this room. Just nurses and doctors." So Steve, we learned that Steve's not that bright. So our our girl, she has no name. Her 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 porn star name was Cameron. According, she I only, like she that. went by one name. Let's call her Cammy. So Cammy. She's got. She looks legit. She's got a white lab coat. And again, I mentioned this earlier in the episode. This is the actual scene it belongs to. I'll mention it now. As Frank and Joe leave the scene, you see this woman walk by. She's wearing the tiniest black micro skirt, and she has a white lab coat on, but is also just not quite as long as the skirt, which is not very long. But then you see Cami roll in. She's also got. A lab coat right. on. She's got a laundry basket type thing with yep. paper towel laid on top of it. Wasn't it wasn't the paper towel yet. It was just the trash can <laughs> in the middle of it. And then a sheet draped over, not the trash can, but the part in front of the trash can. Yeah, yeah it was like it was a laundry chute thing. So basket. Well, it's a laundry basket, but why is the trash can in it? Because, uh, well, that's how, as I said, Steve's not too bright. Here's what I don't get. 
How does Robert Jadar fit in that bucket? He <laughs> because he Cirque, doesn't. He did some Cirque du Soleil shit. <laughs> so they wheel. Uh, uh, Cammy wheels it into the room, and we know Cammy. We've seen her in uh, right. the shots of the villains. Right, she's no good. So of course they shut the door and lock it. This is the tiny clinic. There's like two offices, two rooms in here, yeah. but you know no one's the wiser. And so you see. Just like a a fast motion replay of like of a, of a tree growing, you see Robert Zadar emerge from the trash can with with a lab coat on. I don't know why he's dressed like a doctor because he's hiding. Why is he dresses a lot. And then Cammy hands him a samurai sword. Oh, oh, that, you mean katana? Katana. It's Japanese for sword. He just he blew that. That's, a, that's for later. So, uh, yeah, he hands him a katana. And he just slowly saws the guy's head off. Slowly, slowly. And, said, they're not really serrated. And there's more kind of more dubbing. True to his word, he gets his head. He get see that again, that's We never the head. see it put on the piano, but he does get the we head. Do. We do. We assume We see head. them wrap it. But yeah, so They you, wrap it in to- paper towel. Yep. And you mentioned this earlier. They start. They just cover the laundry basket with paper towel now because they make like a little fort. I have no idea why. And she, uh, Cammy, just wheels it back out, and Steve's just like, "Oh, that's kind of weird." Thought I heard some muffled screaming, and then I just kind of stopped, and then, huh, it's weird. I thought I heard a katana go back into its sheath, but yeah, whatever. He gets a little suspicious, but Cammy walks in the opposite direction of Steve, and Steve, after five minutes of just pondering on if hot fries are still a thing, he decides, you know, I should probably check out the room and make hot sure. Fries. Yeah. <laughs> what the cold fries the new thing? No, hot fries. The they were like uh the flaming Cheetos before Flaming oh, Cheetos. See, I don't, I don't, yeah. Okay. All right. right. Andy caps. Um so Steve goes and checks it out and realizes there's a headless body in the room now. <laughs> right. So he calls it in. There's two people in the office, but he still uses a walkie-talkie. <laughs> and it turns out there actually is more to the office. It's a fucking labyrinth. It's a f- well, it's a hospital. It's supposed to be a hospital. It's supposed to be a hospital, yeah. So Cammy's like kind of hurrying away, and you get one security guard who's like, Hey, guys, I need you to stop real quick. They just hop on an elevator and close the doors. Right. And Cammy is like getting impatient at this point, and she's like, "Get out of there!" And so Zadar emerges again, <laughs> which is always funny to me seeing him pop out of that laundry bin. And uh, she's just like, "You did a good job." Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Oh, she handed him a dog treat or something. Yeah. So yeah, they they the the. Steve's walkie-talkie work, so the cops are on alert. Yeah, and they're so they're trying. They figure they're out getting scot free. They got the nice little convertible waiting for them. Yeah, there uh, we didn't mention. Cammy adjusts the 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 uh, steering wheel. I do have to mention Amir did uh, build this up though. Steve, when uh, Frank and Joe leave, there was the cops outside as well, and they were the undercover cops. So that explains because we didn't have Ford uniforms, so that's why they're under cover <laughs> exactly. cops. So, so you have all these cops in like uh, street clothes uh, waiting outside, and Cammy and uh, um, Yamashita. Yam- Yamashita come out, and the first guy's just like, "Hey, I need to talk to you." 
And Yamashita just like fucking drop kicks him over a rail. Do you remember how he yeah. gets? Yeah. He must have chopped off his hand because we learn later that the cop got his hand chopped off. This is where the cop get. You're right. This is where it happens. He does have a samurai sword. So there's four undercover cops. Two of them are like in dress clothes and two of them are in street clothes. Yama's handling them like nothing. And so well, he's a samurai. Of course he was. Exactly. So Kami goes and gets the convertible ready and Yama knocks off the last guy. Hops into the car as it's already in motion. He's curled up in the front seat with just like his head peeping over and like his hands over the headrest. And he does this nice, cute little wave back. Oh, I loved it. It was so good. And then they take it off. <sighs> so, wow, Griff, we just lost our, our star witness. What the hell is a captain going to think about this? Well, I'll tell you, Griff. The <laughs> captain, the captain, who is... So, I'm sorry, Amir's directing this episode, so... <laughs> the captain, who's got to be my top five favorite characters from this movie. and that's, I love every character. No, that's no, no. Not, Top five characters of all time. Yeah, right. He is, he, we always explain the pissed-off captain, that trope. He is taking it to the next level. He, he's like, what the fuck? You motherfuckers! You cocksucking motherfuckers! Suck dick! Fuck! He's just like swearing, like, and they're just standing there taking it in stride, and they're like, "This motherfucker! You got him from San Diego! I thought he was gonna fix it." I've only been here a week. How long's it gonna take you? Um, a week? A month? Two months? Hey, I'm trying my best here. I'll go back to San Diego. You do go back there, you cocksucking motherfucker! <laughs> And then Frank, being cool, he's like, "Well, let, let me, let me, let me calm things down here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I, we just got to hear this from the captain. He he drops this. I get apparently he has hemorrhoid problems because he just drops this line that I wanted to give everyone <laughs> the full scope of the audience. You want to do that? Yeah, just full scene because this scene is beautiful. I like how we did it, but let's just do the whole audio. <laughs> okay. Captain, what did I do wrong? Everything you did was wrong. You're the one that talked me into bringing this moron from San Diego to fight the uh, Japanese Katana Gang. You know what the results are? A man in our custody lost his head. An officer lost his hand. And there are three police officers in the hospital right now. God damn you guys. All you've done is cost me bloodshed and mayhem. And me misery, my future. This man has been here one week, and I almost lost my job. If he's here one more week, I might well end up in jail and die of a heart attack, and I don't like that. Hey, I've been here one week. And just how long will it take you to bring him to their knees? One week? One month? Next year? At what cost and how many lives? With all due respect, sir, now I can get these guys. All I'm asking for is more time. But I don't have the time, and I don't have the patience. And I don't have much more credit in this department to have bodies laying around me. Fine. You don't want me here anymore. All you got to do is ship me back to my place in San Diego. You bet your ass I will. You're on your way to San Diego, and I'll write the order. Hey, hey, hey Joe. Let's just let's wait. Let's wait. Look, Captain. Well, you know it, and they know it themselves. And what they want is results. And that's what we're going to give them. We're going to give them the results. Now, why don't we give Samurai here a second chance? Because I need him. We need him. So why don't we just help him and support him? All right. What do you say, huh, Cap? I feel like somebody stuck a big club up my ass, and it hurts. I've got to figure out a way to get it out of there. God damn it, get the hell out of my office. Get out of here. I don't want to see your face. 
You son of a bitch! Come back here, you motherfucker! And but Frank calms him down as you see in the scene. We get a long pause where he's just he's like, "Get out of here, you motherfuckers!" And then they walk out, and then Frank gives him a little kiss on the head, walks out, and then he's like, "You son of a bitch!" And he like, then he he does he points off to the camera for five minutes. He's just standing there pointing. It just lingers there. And then he doesn't and, cut the shot. And then he's waiting. I'm sure he's in his head. He's, he's like, "Cut." Cut, cut, and then he just he just ad libs. He sits down, and they go. <laughs> Dude, I don't think he's ad libbing. I think he just thought the scene was over, and he was just relieved to be done with it. And so he let <laughs> off a little laugh. But yeah, the scene just keeps rolling. Oh my god, I love the captain so much. Oh my god, so Joe heads back to uh, what do they call it? The cop bullpen or whatever. Yeah, we'll say the bullpen. The bullpen, and we meet a new character, uh, Officer Johnson. Johnson and Peggy's there too. Yeah, and they're having a little convo about what's going on. They've actually got a lead for Joe and Frank. Right. You know, they're helping out. It's kind of great. They're like, "Hey, there's this new Katana gang," and then I think Frank goes, "What's a Katana?" Oh, uh, Katana is Japanese in sword. Wait, what did no, I just say? No, I don't know. He says it a lot smoother than that. <laughs> He says it. It he probably says it very nonchalant order. because we learned he's fluent in Japanese. This is also one of the post-cut shots, right? He's like, "Katana, it's Japanese for sword." It cuts back to Johnson or whatever his <laughs> name was. And he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Everybody. And so we learned that the Katana gang's hangout is the Blue Lagoon, the, Lagoon the blue, restaurant. Blue Lagoon, the Blue Lagoon. And so Joe and Frank, they're ready for more action. You know, they're like, okay. And this, this uh, Amir must have known the, the owner of this thing because this is used in other Amir movies. It's this restaurant because well, I know it was in Killing American Style too. Okay, that but, makes yeah. sense. So they show up, and we see. Uh, well, they don't, we don't see them. We see Fujiyama showing up, and his lawyer Tony comes in, and he's letting him know. He's like, "Don't worry, boss." Everything's cool. You nothing to worry about. And we see this beautiful woman, Jennifer. Yeah. yeah. And she's sitting. And she's like, I'm like, what is she doing with this guy? He's kind of a geek. He is a geek, and she is an American beauty. And he's just lavishing gifts on her. And we're like, hmm, this is, this is interesting. He gives her what? Do we even see what he just gives her a gift? We don't even see what it is. I believe it was a 45 carat diamond ring. Well, we know her birthday. Well, we're soon to learn her birthday is fastly approaching, so that right. explains the yeah. gift. Yeah. And so our boys walk in. Cocky as all I, hell. I like this shot because you're just looking at this table. There's so many of them there. There's like a goon there uh, with a knife, and he's just like playing with it on his hand. He's real menacing looking. I like that. Yamashita's Again, there. Detail. Cammy's there. So much detail. And then they're cramped in. They're all getting ready to eat some pancakes. It's a beautiful scene. We I love get a it. scene. Oh my god, this is like the ultimate scene from this movie. So much so, you know, I don't know if they don't really do it with like auditions, but I think when you're acting class, sometimes they ask you to bring in like a scene that you want to show you like your chops. Like it's usually a, a scene from Shakespeare. And this scene, I had literally. After I saw this movie, Griff, I read every single 
Shakespearean play. Because I, I swore this, these lines were from Shakespeare. Oh, you, okay. They're so sense. fucking good. And I was like, these these lines, they deserve to be told by two master thespians. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We're going to show you people how to act. This is called Inside the Actor's Studio, Golden Globus Theater style. We are going to do a dramatic reenactment of this perfect scene. And it goes a little something like this. Are you Fu- Fujiyama? Yes, I am. Who are you? I'm a cop. In that case, you'll talk to me. I'm Mr. Fujiyami's attorney. What do you want? See, you're the infamous boss of this shit katana gang, huh? Sit down. Look, officer, you have no right insulting my client. You have nothing on him. And yes, we have. We have many things on him. And this client of yours is going to need more than a lawyer to clean up his shit. Officers, if you have anything against me, then book me. Otherwise, as they say, get the hell out of my face. This is America, land of freedom and law. And man is innocent until he is proven guilty. You have nothing on me. Oh, I got a lot of shit on you. I'll sue you and the department for this insult to my client. I'll file a case first thing in the morning. Hey, counselor, you still have three or four more hours before the courthouse closes. (laughs) Now, I'm telling these sons of bitches that we respect the Japanese of this country who are honest businessmen. And yeah. This is the land of opportunity for legitimate business, not for death merchants who distribute drugs to our children through schools and on the streets. Not telling these motherfuckers that if they continue killing our children to make their precious millions that they deposit in their secret Swiss bank accounts. Counselor, before your lawsuit even gets off the court clerk's desk, I'll have their stinking bodies in garbage bags and ship them back to Japan as fertilizer. Got it? And you too. Excuse me, miss. By the way, what's an all-American girl like you doing with a geek like this? (laughs) See you around. Fucking Christ. That energy. That's some straight-up Shakespeare shit. Should we go to L.A. right now because... Me and you? <laughs> Acting? We I think we got it. Samurai Cop 3? Maybe we'll get some like real fucking villains like we used to. Look, all we can hate on is white people nowadays. I will happily be a villain. Yeah, I'm down with it. I'll sure. take it. Let's do it. I'll do all the evil things. I'll even... Uh, I don't know what the most evil thing you could do nowadays. I guess kick a dog in the face, which would hurt my soul. So we'd obviously have to CGI the, the dog. Sure. Okay. Cool. Now that we've agreed on that, Joe has fucking just the slashed. tension in this scene, Griff. It's uh, like through the roof. I didn't think uh, Yama's face could get any redder, but it gets redder, and uh, like uh, uh, Fuji's glasses like slowly fall down. I thought I was about to see his actual <laughs> eyes for a second there, and then you got the blushing damsel Jennifer. Oh, she's getting wet. She's, oh. she, can, she can still get it wet. Oh Put my it that way. God. Oh. She's like, I declare. She's like fanning herself. I like the Joe's just doing that diatribe. I like the cut to the kid who's getting like the breakfast buffet and just flicks his (laughs) finger out there. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) This is everywhere. Why is this everywhere? 
But Joe has said his piece. He laid his penis down on the table, and he said, fuck all y'all, and Frank did Oh, yeah, Jennifer definitely saw him lay his penis on the table. She liked what she saw. She definitely She's a good Christian woman, too, so what does that say? She goes to church every week. Yeah, and she knows that he's circumcised. Uh, but Frank, of course, does all of his range of reactions during the scene. He's, it's, a, it's a master class in acting. Yeah. Just without even saying words. Exactly. But every emotion he goes through. <laughs> it's like he goes through 12 different emotions in that one scene. So you think after this scene, we're going to cool it down, have a nice driving scene where Matt is just like, I'm just so angry. Back in San Diego, we did things differently. No. We're going to meet another very, very, very interesting character. Because when Joe and Frank leave, they get stopped by the waiter. The Costa Rican waiter. The Costa Rican waiter. And they have a little uh, tete-a-tete. And we, we just can't do it justice. <laughs> no, we can't. Like, we Nobody love... can. This, this waiter is so amazing. He's, they talk about, talk about stealing scenes. He steals the fucking movie with the one scene he's in. Again, another thing where it's just like Amir just had to give give it away to the actor, and this guy fucking takes it to Well, apparently, place. I don't remember him from other Amir movies, but he was like an Amir go-to guy. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, and cool. he and I see why because he's so this scene is so bizarre it's so great so guys take a good old healthy bite out of this scene because we're just getting that sweet raw footage who's that blonde girl oh her name is Jennifer she's the boss the boss you mean she owns this place her mother owns the place Where's her father? Bang! Killed? Who shot him? He! Who? Him! Who's him? Himself! Oh, he committed suicide? Yes! <laughs> Listen, when you see Jennifer alone, tell her. tell her I think she's very lovely. I'll do that. Tell her. tell her I'll try to see her soon. Good! I'll help you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I like cops. My cousin's a cop. Oh, really? Where? In Costa Rica. Oh. Good. What's your name? Alfonso Rafael Federico Sebastian. This is my first name. Uh, what's your last name? Oh, uh, that's all right. We just need your first name. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. After my cousin, I know you. Wow. Bang! <laughs> God damn it, man. Like, see, this is this is something the first time I watched the movie, I did not realize. And you were like, and the waiter. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And How can you forget this guy? I, oh, my there's, God. Again, this movie is so jarring. After that fucking speech, I was like catatonic. I was like, oh, my God. What did he just say about America and freedom and land and motherfucker? I it's amazing. Joe Biden said that. Did you see Joe Biden say that same that, speech? That's probably why he beat Bernie. He, I, I, I get it now. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck wants Joe Biden? And then if he said that speech. Dude, there's actually a clip from he went to because uh, uh, Detroit Motor City and everything. He went to a car factory just uh, Tuesday, was it? Was he telling some motherfucker or something? And some guy got in his face about AR-15s, and he was just like, now I tell these sons of bitches. And I was like. 
oh my god, I hate Joe Biden, but I suddenly love him. <laughs> right. And that's that what it was. explains it all. I was like shocked that he kicked Bernie's ass in Michigan, but I now know. that you said he just did a Samurai Cop speech, it makes perfect sense. Like, even in liberal counties, Joe Biden swept <laughs> it, and it's because of Samurai Cop speech. Oh, we man. all know it here. We oh, all man. love it. Yeah. But man, that that waiter, that speech, it's I'm I'm like I'm I'm getting flushed here. There's so much happening. Well the speech the, the waiter scene is like where did this come from? It's just he just plops it in the middle of the movie. Again, why is it here? In most action movies, they just again go to a scene where they're like driving away or something. They plop a waiter scene in there to Drain whatever emotions were left from the. No, it was the grip. There was so much tension in that scene that they, we needed oh, a release. That's like breaking a fucking Italian breadstick over your kneecap, man. That's right. that's a hard break. That's that's a hard break. Yeah. <laughs> that waiter is amazing. So Murray, now that we've had a dick on the table, a waiter, a suicidal waiter, not suicidal, <laughs> a guy who mocks suicide, a, a waiter that mocks suicide, mocks suicide. Now we're going to go outside and, uh, you know what, Murray? This, there's not, Griff, this, there has to be a, a driving scene here. There's no way anything else could happen. Yeah. So actually, what happens is they're looking for the car in their parking lot, and then, hey, you. And you know what, Murray? We're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. Tune in for our next episode to find out what happens next in. Samurai Cop.